Welcome to the Athena Wellness Podcast, the show that invites you to take a seat around the community fire and listen to stories that inspire. I'm your host, Kathy Robinson, author, coach, and founder of Athena Wellness, a company that's dedicated to supporting you on your journey to live more wholeheartedly. Hello, and welcome to Episode 61. Thanks so much for joining me. We've all felt it. Someone walks into a room and the energy shifts. Perhaps that person brings a sense of heaviness or tension or an uplifting feeling that elevates the mood and makes everyone smile. Isn't it interesting that we feel good around some people but stressed around others? We carry this residue and emit our own aura of energy. Do you ever wonder what kind of vibe you're giving off? We're all made of energy, mind, body, and spirit, and I've been thinking about how we send energy out, how energy comes back to us, and how this impacts our wellness. So how can we increase the positive energy? That's what we'll be exploring in this episode. Today, we'll cover what positive energy is and why it's beneficial, the impact of negativity and strategies to prevent downward spiraling, and how to increase positive energy in mind, body, and spirit. So sit back, take a nice long breath to ground yourself in presence, and let's get started. So what is positive energy? I've said many times that this podcast was created to help keep your warrior vibe high. What do I mean by that? A warrior spirit is purposeful, someone who embraces all of life, someone who trusts themselves to navigate the journey well and knows they're universally supported. A high vibe is keeping aligned to that mission with positivity and optimism. What are the qualities of someone who exudes positive energy? Words that come to mind include lively, engaged, present, content, joyful, and at peace, even in times of crisis. There's a magnetic lightness to positivity, the kind of feeling that leaves you uplifted long after the time you've spent with that person has concluded. This is because we're made of energy in mind, body, and spirit. So what we feel when we're around others turns into how we feel. The energy we emit can be low frequency or high frequency. The lower the frequency, the more negative the energy. Low frequency energy can feel unhappy, anxious, unsure, disengaged. The higher the frequency, the more positive the energy. High frequency energy can feel happy, optimistic, and confident, and engaged. Energy attracts like energy. It's a law of physics and the law of attraction. Energy is a vibration and it travels in waves, which is how interpersonal energy is exchanged. If your energy is low, you may attract poor health, stress, moodiness, tension, anxiety, 
relationship challenges, complaints, and the feeling that nothing is going right. We can get stuck in this downward spiral and struggle through difficult times. Negativity is contagious with the ability to infect and influence the behavior of others. When your energy is elevated, you may experience overall wellness, positive outcomes, helpful and supportive people, high energy, the ability to handle challenges in stride, gratitude, creativity, flow, inner peace and happiness, laughter and joy. Think of the last time you were in a great mood and everything seemed to go your way. People were nice to you, traffic lights turned green as you approached them, and smiles were everywhere. This is an upward spiral that you can ride indefinitely. Creating positive energy is a skill, a muscle we can exercise and get stronger. The best way I know is through supportive wellness practices that work for you. And we'll talk about some specifics in a bit, but any way we can love ourselves and connect to divine energy will boost our positive energy supply. Surrounding yourself with positive messages and reminders will also go a long way. Gratitude for the day, for our life, for loved ones, ourselves, and for all the blessings that we have, all will fill the tank and uplift your spirit. So why is keeping our vibe high so important? Studies have shown that positive thinking leads to good health and life success. For example, there was a study published entitled Optimism and Its Impact on Mental and Physical Well-Being that concluded, quote, Optimism is a tendency to expect good things in the future. From the literature here reviewed, it's apparent that optimism is a mental attitude that heavily influences physical and mental health, as well as coping with everyday social and working life. Through an adaptive management of personal goals and development, and by using active coping tactics, those who are optimistic are significantly more successful than those who are pessimistic in adverse events and when important life goals are impaired. Unquote. I think this is an important point. Optimism and positive thinking are not about focusing only on the good. It's not about ignoring the negative or avoiding life challenges. Actually, it's a tool to calmly face everything that life brings, the joys, the challenges, the highs, and the lows. It helps keep us out of fight-or-flight reaction, and it centers us in our own power to handle whatever comes our way. Now that sounds wonderful in theory, but in practice, we all come up against negativity from time to time. So let's talk a bit about negativity, along with some strategies to prevent downward spiraling. Your attitude impacts how you think, feel, and behave. Someone with a negative attitude has the tendency to ignore the good and emphasize the bad often engaging in non-constructive blame or creating excuses instead of focusing on problem-solving. I did a little experiment today, and I invite you to try it as well. 
I went for a run early this morning on one of my favorite trails. And when I was done with my run, I hiked up a trail to a reservoir to sit in a favorite spot overlooking the water. There were a number of people I passed on the trail, talking with friends as they hiked. While I'm usually in my own world when I'm in nature, I made it a point to listen to the tone and the language as I passed. What I heard wasn't at all what I expected. In fact, I was astonished. In every case, the conversation had a negative tone. Someone was either complaining about a situation, relating a negative experience, or gossiping. I heard words such as can't, won't, hate, give up, never. The words I didn't hear were can, will, love, try, or yet. To be fair, the people who were hiking solo or in silence with another all smiled and said hello when I greeted them. But the ones who were actively engaged in conversation had a lot to get off their chest. And it's my guess that they were completely unaware of the negative slant of their exchanges. Which is what I'd like to briefly touch upon now. How do we become aware of negativity and reframe it without dwelling on it? So as you know by now, the coach in me loves developing tools and processes. And when I look at how I handle negativity, it seems I go through three steps. And they are awareness, reframing, and releasing. So let's go through them now. First, awareness. Actively scan your thoughts, words, and actions for negative attitudes, expressions, and counterproductive behaviors. What usually prompts me to do this is when I recognize the flow of life feels restricted or my body feels tense. Those are signs for me that I'm feeling fearful rather than confident. And when I become aware, I don't gloss over the negativity and immediately try to be happy. I honor the fact that something feels off and it's a signal to look deeper. Once I know I'm working through some negativity, I'm mindful of what I call the accelerants, the things that can make me feel worse or magnify the adverse feelings. For me, these things are stress, lack of sleep, or hunger. So if it's not a quick fix, I make sure I'm moving my body, I'm getting sleep, and I'm eating well. Your accelerants may be different and can include things like the news, social media, comparison, unfinished business, or outdated beliefs and expectations. If this is new to you, a great place to start is becoming aware of your self-talk, the things you say to yourself, and in what you say to others. Note whenever you use a tone that's critical, judgmental, or blaming, and words such as can't, won't, hate, give up, or never. The act of noticing is the first step in amending behavior. The second step is reframing. The word reframe is defined as to express words, 
concepts or plans differently, such as, I reframed my opinion, meaning I expressed it in a different manner. This doesn't mean there won't be failure or disappointment, but reframing the situation as a lesson for growth can be helpful, especially if you get to a place where you believe that all experiences work out for your greatest good. Visualize the best case scenarios. What can go right? That's the kind of thinking that can take us from problems to solutions. What's interesting about reframing is that it actually has impact on our physical bodies. And I'll give you an example. About a year before I left my corporate job, I was working with an entrepreneurial business coach. And I remember telling her that whenever I envisioned leaving my steady paycheck of three plus decades behind, I would be clutched by fear, like my body was being gripped from my throat to my abdomen. And this kept happening on and off for a period of weeks until one day I unintentionally turned it around. I remember thinking, you have never let yourself down. Who is more capable of taking care of you than you? And by the way, how many teenagers with laptops have become online entrepreneurs? Certainly, with your business experience, you can do it too. I share that example because the reframe isn't meant to override the negative emotions. It's to find a way to work with them, to find solutions, to build confidence through past experience. So when the fear would rise up, and it did, I had a workable, believable response. What's interesting is that the external events didn't change, only my interpretation and reaction to them. But my fight-or-flight response gradually eased, and over time, as I began to get a few business successes under my belt, that fear and negativity subsided altogether. The third step is releasing. The Oxford Dictionary defines the word releasing as allow or enable to escape from confinement, to set free. I love this definition. I get a sense of birds in flight and a lightness of being. And that's what we're looking for in this step, to identify the things we're consciously or subconsciously carrying around that no longer serve, and either letting them go or finding a way to emotionally detach from them. The energetics of emotion, such as disappointment, hurt, pain, shame, and guilt, along with the need to forgive others and yourself, carry weight. Some things to consider releasing include negative thoughts and feelings, grudges, toxic relationships, limiting beliefs, criticism, judgment or complaints, just to name a few. And you may even consider releasing old dreams that may be weighing you down. Going back to my corporate retirement example, I had to let go of the concept of corporate success that defined me for so long and be open to new ways of defining what success would be post-corporate. How about you? What are you lugging around these days? Try setting it down. 
you can always pick it back up again. But it's my sense that once you feel what it's like not to carry it, you'll probably choose to travel lighter. So as we begin to wrap up, I'd like to offer a few thoughts on how to increase positive energy in mind, body, and spirit. First, the mind. A lot has been written on the power of positive thinking, and while I'm a practitioner, I cringe when reading some of it. It's not a miracle cure. It's more like a Swiss army knife, a handy tool to make adjustments when negative thought patterns creep in, when you get in your own way, and when you unconsciously undermine yourself. You can adjust negative thoughts by talking to a friend or writing to purge what's happening and then reframe the thoughts in a more positive manner. The good news is that if you get to this point, you're aware of the negativity and you can address it in a way that feels right for you. This includes the toxic vibes of others. Be mindful of where you're feeling depleted mentally and emotionally by others and take steps to address it. This can usually be handled by a heart-to-heart talk and creating or reinforcing healthy boundaries. Other ways to enhance positivity through the mind include meditation, which has been proven through scientific studies to spark positive emotions and greater well-being, and mindfulness, to mindfully come back to presence and remind ourselves that we're fine in this moment, that can release fear, and encourage positivity. Next is the body. Sometimes low energy is the result of stagnant energy that can be the result of an inactive lifestyle, poor diet, or not enough rest. If this is the case, any type of consistent movement will get the blood flowing and the body breathing. Healthy food and water and quality sleep will also begin to shift the energy. This helps release negative energy through sweat, oxygenated blood flow, nutrition, and rejuvenation. I know it's not that easy. I've been exercising consistently for more than 20 years, and there are more mornings than not that I'd rather stay in bed for extra sleep. But I tap into how I'm going to feel once I'm done with my workout, and that motivates me to get going. And I also think about how disappointed I'd be with myself if I stayed in bed. And the extra smile comes later in the day when I start to feel that little soreness from the workout. There are other ways to enhance positivity through the body that include walking, spending time with a friend, sexual intimacy, sleep, breathing deeply, journaling, which connects the hand to the heart, playing hooky once in a while, treating yourself, and celebrating. Why not? And now let's move on to spirit. Your spirit is that wordless place that defines you and emanates your vitality, and that can be impacted by negative energy. Restoration here is the key. What makes you feel at ease, at peace, happy? I have my favorites here. I love starting and ending the day with the right energy, excited about what the day will bring when I wake, 
and being grateful for all that happened just before I go to bed. I also love appreciating beauty and awe in nature and in life. Other ways to enhance positivity through spirit include visualization, affirmation, contemplation, inspirational books, uplifting music, random acts of kindness, doing what you love, playing with kids or pets, being of service, smiling, and laughing. Two other areas to be mindful of that are outside of yourself, your mind, body, and spirit, are your environment and relationships. First, your environment. What's the energy like in your space at home and your workplace? What creates a positive, supportive atmosphere for you? What shifts and boosts energy and builds momentum? Is it art, photographs, plants, aromatherapy, music? What is it that encourages creativity and productivity? Secondly, your relationships. What kind of vibe are you emitting? Is it uplifting and energizing? What would be effective in creating a more positive experience with others and yourself? And how can you spend more time with those who raise your spirit? I'd like to wrap up by sharing some words of wisdom. The first is from author Jack Canfield, who said, Successful people maintain a positive focus in life no matter what's going on around them. They stay focused on their past successes rather than their past failures and on the next action steps they need to take to get them closer to the fulfillment of their goals rather than on all the other distractions that life presents to them. The second is from General Colin Powell, who said, Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. And last from the Buddha, who is quoted as saying, All that we are is the result of what we have thought. The mind is everything. What we think, we become. I think it's amazing that we have that power, that we have the ability to change our thoughts and behaviors, aligning them to the positive. I believe that both energy awareness and positivity are wellness tools, and they can transform pessimism into optimism. It's just a matter of perspective. The glass may be half empty, but it's also half full. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know there are many ways you can spend your time. Thank you for choosing to spend it with me. Until our paths cross again, be kind to yourself and show your warrior spirit some love. If you know anyone who could benefit from today's episode, please pass it on. And many thanks for supporting the show by subscribing and leaving a review. It means a lot and it helps others find their way to our circle. If you'd like to access the show notes, have a question you'd like addressed on a future episode, or would like a transcript of this episode, visit www.athenawellness.com podcast. Until next time, be well.